Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Absock. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and we are excited to dig into news, audience questions, and a challenge for younglings. That <laughs> is right. We had a lot of fun with this format breakup last week. And thank you to a lot of you who gave us great positive feedback on enjoying this switch, or at least understanding this switch. And this will be the way for a little bit, at least. We're always looking in the ways to improve our presentation here at Force Center or how we go about doing things 
But this is what's going on right now. We appreciate it. So news here, main topic coming Thursday, and it's a juicy one. Before we get to all that, though, let's remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, we'll have a force center recommend. So, uh, Joseph, um, Little uh, life adventures, uh, Star Wars adventures. Uh, what's going on? And hey, we, we, you know, real world is is still a uh, still a tough place. But we uh, we are also here to talk some Star Wars. Yeah, that's right. And it it is uh, it's hard for me uh, personally to find that balance. I do think that uh, one of the ways that that I feel for myself that I can be the the human I want to be is to not stop paying attention to all of the discussions about uh, about racial inequity and uh, all the discussions about uh, police violence. So I have been trying to to be extremely mindful about not taking my attention entirely off that while also moving forward with life. So that's kind of been my life adventure in some ways is for myself, how can I find the balance that I that I feel good about? Um, and then in terms of the that uh, the Star Wars side of things, I, I trained up and uh, played a fun Star Wars movie trivia schmodown game. And that was very, very fun. I, uh, in case people haven't seen it, I'm not going to uh, give any spoilers, but I got to put on my Jedi robe and I, <laughs> I had a good time in my Jedi robe. Put it that way. Um, <laughs> I had a good time with the whole game. It's great fun. Great fun. Um, the other the other Star Wars adventure that I wanted to be sure to share because you and I have talked about it is uh, trying to use Star Wars as a jumping off point to discover other things. And my wife and I wanted to watch a movie on Saturday at night. And I was like, hey, let's just watch a Rick Famuyiwa movie because we've both Mm -hmm. been talking about how much we loved his episodes of The Mandalorian. I love what he has to say on the Disney Gallery show. So we watched Dope and it was great. Dope was great. Um, It was amazing to see something that is, uh, it's, you know, it's, rated r it's a comedy it's a drama it's a uh, crime film it's a coming of age film it's all of these different things that are in some ways very very different from star wars but then it was amazing to see these moments that were like i can see how this was made by a guy who who loves star wars even though it's entirely different uh from star wars that's that's awesome that's going to be on my list of things to do as well yeah, I highly recommend it. Uh, you know, again, you know, I know some people are here for Star Wars. This one has some swears. <laughs> <laughs> swears that are more intense than Carabast. So that's my disclaimer there. But I really, really enjoyed it. It's just a, like a great coming of age stuff. Some moments that was really like that's an in, in an entirely different context, but feels like the kind of uh, challenges that Star Wars talks about of having to. Uh, find yourself in and push through the difficult times to discover who you really are kind of themes, which I really loved. And it's really funny. Hey, you know, what? Uh, yeah, that's it. It sounds like you've just described Star Wars. So that's, <laughs> that's great. That's great, man. And any, uh, any other uh, fun, silly Star Wars adventures? Uh, no, man. The, you know, the studying for the trivia was really fun. I wrestle with studying for the trivia because, um, there are things I love to know, right? Like I had fun memorizing the Knights of Ren and their corresponding weapons because that's something I just want to know anyway because it's so flavorful, right? Yeah. Uh, but then there's things like, do you know how many different things are called reactor something, thermal something, or coupling something? <laughs> when you start to get down to that, like, okay, I really need to you know, remember my thermal vault versus my main reactor versus my reactor module... Um, some of that stuff 
dances on the edge for me of, am I devaluing what I love about Star Wars? So I get worried about that every time I really train up for a trivia contest. But honestly, this time I had just, I had a ton of fun. I, I had fun deep diving in discovering a few corners that I hadn't really uh, delved into before. Because, you know, when you're, you're training, you, you start to like pause and go, okay, I never looked up in the credits who that person is. I, I don't know who that person is and find out uh, fun little things. Like it, it, this might be something that everybody knows, but like I was deep diving on some credits and realized uh, the names of the Padawans that Anakin uh, is killing along with Syndralic in the brief hollow recording that Obi-Wan is watching. Right. You right. Know? And sometimes you, you find those little details that are like, ooh, that's fun. I want to know that just as a fan, not just as something like I'm trying to memorize so I can win, you know, but stuff that you want to know as a fan. Yeah, that that's um, yeah, that's a whole nother <laughs> that's a whole nother discussion. Yeah. On, on what I feel are Star Wars questions and what is just comes from watching it and loving it, which is where a lot of Star Wars trivia knowledge does come from and I think originate. Just you saw Return of the Jedi 60 times. So, you know, some things about it versus studying specific things, because it's then it's a then it's a guessing game on what kind of questions are going to be asked. But anyways, like I said, that's a different conversation. I'm glad you had fun. I did. I did. I had a, it, it, it took a lot of time, but I had a lot of fun training up this time. How mm-hmm. about yourself? I, I, I said uh, many adventures. What, what have been your life and or Star Wars adventures this week? Uh, yeah, no, find, finding that uh, finding that balance of. Not even returning to normal. I, I, that's an interesting phrase for a lot of different reasons, for a lot of things going on. But um, how do you go forward, but still take the fire with you, but 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 uh, take the fire and focus it in a different way or different direction, but still move forward with things you might have learned or insights or conversations you've had. I've been having a lot of um, conversations via email with um, friends of mine or new friends of mine in the law enforcement industry and having some tough uh, great conversations, trying to find common ground uh, and all those kind of things. So it's been where my uh, life adventures have been recently. Um, as far as Star Wars adventures, have been pretty light. Uh, I've been watching a lot, but not studying, but just watching. <laughs> we'll see where that leads me. But I'll tell you one thing that did happen that's fun. I forgot. So before the pandemic, if you could remember, Joseph, five years ago, before the lockdown, <laughs> I had... F- um, fallen victim to some targeted Facebook ads. One had popped up, sponsored, and I I, I skimmed past it a few times and then thought about it. I'm going to go back and order from that site. And I couldn't find it. And I had to do a deep, I had to do a weird one of those type in Star Wars sweatpants. Star Wars sweatpants. The the paint, like, uh, finally found it. I don't, and it, it was funny, I don't remember the company. I ordered, again, before the lockdown, some Han Solo sweatpants Ooh, nice and this company sells full sets you know you can get the the top like a hoodie with the han solo vest and then you get the pants with the uh the, the carillion blood stripe there the holster all those kind of things right so i ordered the pants i didn't need the i didn't need the top um and i forgot about it totally forgot about it that's why i don't even know the company and two <laughs> days ago this package ar- arrives here at the house like what is this? I don't, know. I don't know. Open it up, and I'm like, oh, my Han Solo sweatpants. So I have, and I, you know, I, I do, I do laundry, kids. Um, but I've been wearing them, and they're so nice. They're, it's a little hot right now, and so the, the pants are kind of thick. I could wear them in public, and you know, Joseph, I might. 
I, just well, I think you should. I think you should. I think we're questioning a lot of our norms in society, and I think sweatpants outside is one of those first new norms. Yeah, and Han Solo uh, pants. Uh, they, they'd be great at, uh, at Galaxy's Edge. I might try. But anyway, so that, uh, that's been my adventure. Walking around uh, in my mid-40s in my Han Solo printed sweatpants, and it's been great. And we're talking A New Hope, so the blood stripe is yeah. yellow. No. It's, is it yellow? No, it's not. It's red. Is it red? It's red. Oh, oh intriguing. I, I mean, like, I'm, I'm, I'm literally going to open my closet here. You got me. A <laughs> <laughs> live on air closet yeah, visiting. Yeah. This is great. They're red. They're red, right? They're red. That's, that's intriguing. What does that mean? Well, it might mean that I have my colors wrong because the trivia is already losing my mind, uh, leaving my mind. I think they are red in A New Hope and yellow in the next two films. That's, uh, I'm just typing that up. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, you got it. See, this okay. is why. I, yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, and then the yellow going forward. Yep, yep. See, uh, as soon as I stop studying, some of those details slip away. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to cause you sweatpants panic. And then I did a I did a Google image image search and it's Han, it's Harrison, it's Harrison, and it's like ah, oh, it's one of my friends I know. Hi, what's up, Michelle? Um, <laughs> did you Google Han Solo's pants and find a friend? Uh, Michelle Boyd is uh, cosplayed as is Han before. And oh, so nice, nice list of images. There you go. Um, so, anyways, that was my Star Wars adventure, dressing around, dressing like Han Solo in 1977. You nailed it. Nailed it. Great adventure. Uh, we also want to address, uh, before we get into the news, uh, we uh, uh, don't want to um, move past that uh, Queen's Peril and Alphabet Squadron Shadowfall uh, to the uh, new books in Star Wars are out in some form or coming out in some form. And Joseph, we are going to try to do our best to uh, catch up with the, the reading there and, and get into those books as well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, Queen's Peril, I think, came out kind of quietly. Um and we'll be reviewing it relatively soon. We haven't talked about when. And then Shadowfall coming up soon. Excited to read them both. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm look, look, looking forward to both. Queen's Peril is just, uh, yeah, I got to order that because, uh, yeah, I really want, I'm really looking forward to that one. Love Queen Shadow so much. And then the Alphabet Squadron, I love Alexander Freed's stuff, so it's great. But uh, I, you, you and I both agree we're going to have to do a, a do a, a refresher. Maybe I have to go over to Star Wars Explain to see if Alex can help us remember some names. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a summary, yeah. A little bit of summary there. So as we uh, do here on the News and Views show here, we're going to dive into some of the Star Wars headlines uh, that uh, at least we have right now. Who knows what's out tomorrow when we actually release this episode. This headline is, from a certain point of view, The Empire Strikes Back edition is on the way. Coming in the fall, this is, uh, I'm saying, Joseph, uh, as hoped and slightly expected but never confirmed, uh, this is what a lot of us thought maybe Project Luminous was, but no, that was something entirely different and bigger and more uh, wide, wide scale scope. This is uh, much like the New Hope version. We're getting 40 stories from 40 authors from The Empire Strikes Back. I do have a list of some of the authors um, that was uh, released uh, a little bit later. Uh, we don't have... As of right now, don't have a, a full list and don't have a full list of what they're covering, which is kind of kind of nice. I kind of like that. 
Some have included Austin Walker, Hank Green, Tracy Dion, Martha Wells, Mark O'Shiro doing the uh, uh, tr- the Wampus Tragic Tale of Loss and Survival, uh, Seth Dickinson, uh, among others. There's a lot of authors here. You can go to StarWars.com for the full list so far. <clears throat> so far. Some highlights include E.K. Johnston uh, of uh, Queen Shadow, Queen Sparrow, John Jackson, Miller, Delilah S. Dawson, uh, Alexander Freed, Jason Fry, Christy Golden, Gary Witta, some Star Wars favorites, Kevin Scott, but also Emily Skruitsky, um, if I'm saying that right, Skruitsky. She wrote that uh, book, the uh, first in a series that a lot of people love, which is essentially a, a space fantasy fiction series with a Finn-like character and a Poe-like character who are in a relationship. And she's uh, a lot of people really love that. I haven't had a chance to take that one in. Uh, but she's on board here writing official Lucasfilm stuff. Karen Strong, Daniel Jose, older, uh, a lot there. Uh, any highlights um, from those names and ideas you want to talk about, Jess? Yeah, no, I, I'm excited that there are a lot of new people, uh, new people to get excited about uh, that I personally don't know yet, and a ton of uh, Star Wars stalwarts over the last couple of years. But I was also really excited to see uh, Beth Revis, uh, mm. who, of course, wrote the uh, great Rebel Rising Jen Erso book. So I was really excited to see her name uh, on the list as well. Yeah, there, uh, and, and we don't have the full list yet, we believe, Just you, you did a little more counting than I did. There's maybe a couple slots to be revealed. No? I did not count, so I could be wrong, but I thought I saw a tweet of like, here's a bunch of them, but there's still one or two more surprises. So, uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, we'll see indeed. And uh, proceeds um, from this book will directly help First Book, a leading nonprofit that provides new books, learning materials, and other essentials to educators and organizations serving children in need. And I think they announced that no author took payment for this book, that all of it will go towards First Book. So that's nice as well. Uh, Joseph, what are our, our expectations, hopes, and I'll say it, even fears or trepidations for this book? Yeah, no, I had to I had to take a, uh, a deep breath. We were, a lot of people were guessing, and, and I would say hoping, that this tradition would continue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just really need to take a step back and uh, approach it as a buffet, as we sometimes talk about on Star Wars, uh, on Force Center, that there's a Star Wars buffet and you can go to it and eat the things you like and leave the things you don't. Uh, because the first book for me was a buffet where some of the stories are, are like essential canon to me. And I think mm-hmm. about them a ton when I watch the movies. And a couple of them just really aren't for me. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, we, you could go back to our review. We talked about them. I'm sure we'll talk about them again. And it, I think knowing that that's going to be what the experience is, is yet another good real-life Star Wars test because I could react with fear and concern about, yeah, is somebody going to say something I really don't like about it, you know, an essential part of Empire Strikes Back? And then I'm going to have to live with that. Uh, so that that would be the fearful way to look at it. But I think the more hopeful, joyful way is there will definitely be something, some things in there that I love. And when I think about the first one, I don't think about the ones I dislike. I think about the ones I love. So uh, there's some live on air Star Wars counseling of myself. The answer to your question is I'm excited. Yeah, no, but I think that's great. I, I think this book, you know, what was released a couple years ago. Uh, we're in the roughly the same mindset. I don't want to say it's like 2012 or something like that, but you're looking for those answers. You're looking for canon stuff. You're looking for insight and you want that. And, and that book 
Absolutely did it. We, you and I have talked a lot about the the specific stories in the New Hope from a certain point of view that move us, that reform uh, how we look uh, at, at characters and recontextualize some scenes, all those good things. And yeah, there's ones, but I'm like you, I can kind of vaguely tell you about the ones I don't like, but, but I, I don't dwell on it. And I think mm-hmm. that's a powerful lesson because I, I guarantee you there's got to be some, some, some ones in here that, you know, I don't know. Who knows? I'm not saying bad. Like I, I, all these writers are talented. I, I know that's not what you're saying. It's just the, okay, I, that's not a direction I would have thought that I needed to go as a fan or anything. And that's okay. And that's okay. Um, and this Marco Shiro one that I'm talking about recounts the, uh, the Wampus tragic tale of loss and survival. You know, that could be a great one man show. I don't know. I'm not, I'm, <laughs> uh, but, but I, the, I, I think I'm more braced for impact, if you will, for this book to have some fun to play around in, in, in the margins of, of Empire Strikes Back. And then also have some ones that will probably really affect uh, how I go back and look at one of my favorite movies in, in a positive way. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the, from a certain point of view, can be like, you could just kind of look at it as, as a, a, a joke up to a point, because I think people like to poke fun at that line. Mm-hmm. from Obi-Wan, but I think that it's essential that that's what this is called because it's a lot of different authors' point of view and um, take what you like and uh, never mind what you don't. Any any story, there's only been five listed. I'll run those through those real quick. Uh, we're going to get an unlikely partnership with Bounty Hunters, Dengar and IG-88. IG-88 is a pursue Han Solo. Uh, we're going to chronicle the life of a naturalist caring for Tauntauns in the frozen world of Hoth. Uh, we're going into the dark heart of the Dagobah cave. Uh Going, revealing the world of Ugnaught clans who dwell in the depths of Cloud City. And we're going to interrogate the cost of serving a ruthless empire aboard the bridge of a doomed Imperial starship. Those are big topics, big things. Some point to specific characters, some totally new. So anything not included on that, Joseph, that you might just say, hey, man, it'd be fun if they get to this. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited about a lot of those. I assume that that Star Destroyer captain they're talking about is the one who disappears in the hologram when the asteroid hits the ship. Mm-hmm. And that will be, that's fun. I love that. That's really, I think, having a sense of fun and play, looking at Empire and going, ooh, whose story could we tell? Uh, you know what? I want some good Lobot content. <laughs> yes. He's, he's been expanded well in uh, some of Charles Sewell's uh, comics, that Lando uh, five-issue miniseries I really like. So I'm, I'm all up for more Lobot content. Give me some sad Lobot, but make him happy. Uh, I like that idea. I, I definitely, definitely, now that's a dangerous word because you don't want to hold on to it, but I really want uh, something with General Veers. Maybe we get, uh, you know, uh, a little bit more playing with what happened and then deleted scenes. And I know some stuff in the Battlefront 2 uh, about, yeah, uh, Twilight Company one may have touched on it too. But I'd love some Veers. I'd love to get inside Veers. Maybe what's in his mind when he sees Vader's naked head. Oh, right, right. Isn't that Piet, though? Uh, yeah, that's Piet, right? But doesn't Veer see? Oh boy, I'm going to lose any trivia content. <laughs> <laughs> what if we were doing this just to psych, uh, psych any opponents out? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but you know, uh, Veer's could see. You know, Vader was not being too cautious with who walks in. So that's true. That's true. Uh, this comes out November 10th, so we're going to dive in when it does, and when more information is revealed, you know, we're going to discuss it here. Next story here, a leak kind of maybe led to an official EA announcement about the new video game Star Wars Squadrons. First, we got a leaked promo shot proclaiming pilots wanted. We had an X-Wing pilot and a TIE fighter pilot kind of, well, not necessarily 
back to back, but standing next to each other in the artwork, at least. Um, and that kind of led to all the information coming out uh, right after that. And then uh, Monday, yesterday, a trailer was revealed. It's not gameplay. That much we know. Um, it's good stuff. We're going to talk about that in a second. Uh, some of the things uh, we do know, October 2nd is the release date. Yeah. And then price point is... $39.99. We'll see if there's anything hidden in that. Um, coming out for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. It is available for pre-order now. Oh, that's interesting. I'm going to know what I'm going to do when I get out there. Uh, and then um, uh, there's a lot of things. Again, five pilots, one squadron, the galaxy's finest. Um, it is taken, it takes part in the, um, in the new Republic era, fresh after the battle of Endor, which is why we still got some of the empire around. We saw Harris and Dula in one of the shots, uh, and it looks like wedge and Tilly offering a nod to you. We know we get some U wings. We get a lot of things in here, Joseph, uh, thoughts so far on what we know. Oh man, I, I was, uh, it was exciting to know that this trailer was coming this morning. It was great to see, uh, the star Wars community all excited about something, I enjoyed this trailer very, very much. I would have enjoyed this trailer even more if it was for a television show or a book, but <laughs> <laughs> I want some gameplay because that's that's the everything about it was exciting. It was amazing to see Hera, cool to see Wedge Antilles. I loved the image of the uh, Death Star coming up from the clouds. Like mm. as a as a trailer, amazing, great. I want to play. Let's go. Uh, but I think what I'm really anxious as a fan of the flying games is to know exactly what it's like mm. in terms of the actual gameplay. Yeah. And I, you and I, we love our Battlefront too. We played a lot. Uh, I don't do the, the Starship ones, the fighter ones as much anymore. Um, but I want them. I want that. I, you know, this is something I grew up, you know, in the mid nineties playing tie fighter till I burned out the floppy disks, you know? Um, so I definitely want this. I know people are big fans of, you know, say Rogue Squadron, the games, the books, everything. There's something kind of cool and old school romantic in a World War II sort of way. If you want to look into that, of of a squadron of flying aces. A lot of people resistance. Star Wars Resistance was not, I wouldn't say pitched as that, but Floney in some of his statements when the show was announced, like, hey, you know, uh, what you would spend some time with these pilots going around. There's something about that. Or maybe you're just a Top Gun fan, you know? So um, I'm excited about that as a theme, Joseph. Uh, the the hidden, heading to the skies, into the, into the space, actually do some space fighting. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was a big fan of the Rogue Squadron game, the N64 one and the GameCube one. And, and those might be some of my most uh, Star Wars played games and i i really th like that kind of flight so i'm really hoping for that kind of flight where you can kind of um i don't know i feel to me like the acceleration felt right where i felt like i can slow down i can speed up i have a lot of um control and maneuverability mm. but i and I, but i'm never kind of lost in terms of what's going on on screen so i'm just really hoping for that gameplay to be like that yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And uh, yeah, there's other bits of information out there we know, but you can go to StarWars.com for more up-to-date information, and we'll cover that as uh, more is unveiled. I uh, know this, though. I'm, I'm sliding into that Y-Wing first chance I get. So I want to follow the Y-Wing. You let me know. And I want to know if I can be that Trandoshan. Hmm. Yeah. That's what I shot. I'm looking at that shot right now. He's part of the squad, right? 
Yeah, yeah. And it sounds like I saw somebody, uh, some people posting online that if you pre-order, I think for PC, you can do get some customizable stuff. So it's like, that's the kind of stuff I want to know more about, the actual experience of like, are we playing these characters or are we interacting with these characters, but we're kind of playing a character that we generate? And then I'm also really curious, given the timing, if there's any sort of overlap with Alphabet Squadron, since Alphabet Squadron is also about pilots in this same general era. It would be hard not to have some kind of reference to it, right? I would uh, imagine at least uh, some discussion. Yeah. Yeah, I was... Uh... I was, uh, I had a little moment when I, that, that shot that Hera's in, I was just scrolling along and I was like, Radis! And then now I realize, well, most likely, no, because <laughs> I, I if this If this game is the story of how Radis survived, I am <laughs> so all in. I'm in. I'm in. So uh, there will be all taken to the skies soon enough. Uh, final uh, main news story here. And yep, there is one other we're going to discuss a little bit later in the show. Uh, a Reddit leak. Oh, those leaks gave us in a quote-unquote official Star Wars Galaxy map, and this is going to be part of the upcoming book, Star Wars Traveler's Guide to Batu. Joseph's no secret, I am a map person. Uh, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, old L.A. maps, doesn't matter. I stare at maps. I'm currently playing a, a app game called Pocket City, which is uh, based off the old SimCity 2000 thing. I don't, and it's just something about city planning. I guess I didn't find my right <laughs> Are you a map person? And what does this Star Wars map mean to you? And did you have fun? Looking yeah, at I love maps. Uh, I, same thing. I think, uh, I think I, I'm sort of a visual learner. So I just kind of like seeing the flow of how things interconnect. Um, and obviously Star Wars is different than, you know, staring at the, uh, the Google maps for North Hollywood or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I think that there is something, I think the magic of it with Star Wars is that's not all, that's information that has been around in different ways for, you know, different mm -hmm. amounts of time and different canon and all that. Uh, but it, it's not, and it's in some of the visual dictionaries, but it's not something that everybody just knows. We, uh, we know a couple of them from the movies. Like, yes, we know that uh, Genosis and Tatooine are, are close to one another and things like that. But this is just a different way to dive into the reality of the films. And I think that's mm -hmm. what makes the maps really powerful is it's another tool to make the galaxy feel kind of real and mm -hmm. disappear into the fantasy of it. And uh, it connects all the stories, right? That's what's extra magical because, you know, especially if you're growing up, you know, even if you grew up with the prequels and you know Geonosis and you know Camino, it's pretty amazing then uh, to see them connected to, oh, well, that's where Camino is in relation to Mustafar, you know, or in, in relation to Octo is a better example of like uh, planets that didn't used to be connected. You can now in story, you mm. can look at and go, Ooh, what, what's their connection? Yeah. It's, uh, that's kind of where I wanted to go when I was thinking about this, you know, by the way, shout out to SWGalaxyMap.com. We've, Reference them a lot, particularly on uh, databank brawl, because um, that is uh, a good resource when you're having fights and looking for planets to place those fights on. Uh, they're they're go they've been going for a while and they have updated stuff. They have where X Exegol is and and all that stuff. Uh, this is kind of the official version of that, which does for whatever it is. I do appreciate the canon of like oh, no no here's here's what we're saying here's here's where we're going and each each one of the visual. Dictionaries for each of the movies is added to the maps and everything. And just what you're saying, Joseph, I don't know what that does. This is why I can't understand why I'm a map person. But yeah, looking on looking on a map and going, 
oh, Pisana's there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but it does make the story that much better for me. I don't know why. <laughs> it, it, I think it just makes it it makes it real. It makes it richer. Mm-hmm. You can imagine the characters going like, "Okay, we got to get from here to here, and we have how much time? And where's the hyperspace lane? And <laughs> which hut yeah. do we pay?" And ugh. yeah, and then again, these are you know these are planets. But sometimes when I'm like, uh, I'll look at the the inner inner rim or something like that, and be like, "Oh, they're like neighbors." Well, they're not. It's a planet. <laughs> like, <laughs> But th- but that's a big part of the story of Star Wars, mm-hmm. just like in our real world is, you know, uh, a lot of uh, power comes from where you are and what mm-hmm. what does the galaxy think of you based on where you are. And obviously a ton of Star Wars storytelling is uh, like they're saying in that article. It's about the rogues and the people who are not uh, uh, paid as much attention to or valued as much. So they're on the outer rim or they're in the unknown regions because it's mysterious and. It's really fun to look at that of go, oh, the core worlds, oh, the inner rim, but and then the outer rim and, and look at the actual politics of it. That's true. No, that's, that's absolutely true. And, and as uh, it does have the weight, which is part of why these maps are important to the Star Wars story. I was trying I was scrolling around trying to find like a cool did you know and I can't find them. Uh, there's so many there's so many worlds in Star Wars. So and so many we haven't discovered. Yeah. Yeah. So, like uh, what I was looking at, what I was thinking about when I was looking at this is obviously I I know uh, Alderaan is you know a core world uh, yeah. or was a core world, but you look at it a map and you think about that from that perspective of it's not like the Death Star went out in you know destroyed Geonosis or whatever. It, that's a, that's a real way to say hey core worlds you know who think that you have a lot of power and influence will blow one of you up, so we'll blow up anyone. Right. Right. Oh, here, you know, okay. So I found a car and I'm on, I'm on Star Wars galaxy map, everybody, not the one that we're leak one specifically, but find a car. They, they were heading towards Sullust because crates on the right, when they look out the window and there's crate, right? Like I think that, yeah, that's so, um, I'm now, you know, it's close to the car. Naboo. They could have gone to Naboo. See, now I'm lost in headcanon. <laughs> I'm a map guy. Yeah, it it does invite some how they get there so fast. Why didn't they go there? Questions as well, which is a fun part of Star Wars. <laughs> Absolutely. So when that book comes out, Star Wars Traveler's Guide to Batu, we'll talk about that. And who knows? We may just each have a copy and go back to Galaxy's Edge and try to find our way around Batu again. <laughs> that is that. Uh, like I said, one more story that we'll be discussing in the questions uh, that uh, broke as we were about to uh, get ready to record today. But before we take a break, we want to do our Four Center Recommends, an audiobook we think you should try out on us. Uh, Joseph, uh, what do we have today? Uh, because the sequel's coming out so soon, we are recommending Alphabet Squadron by Alexander Freed. Great choice. Get ready for that uh, sequel by listening to the first one. Uh, go download your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audiobook. We're going to take a quick break. On the other side, your questions and Jedi Temple Challenge Review, something we're going to do here every week. Have a little moment looking at the a new game show out hosted by Kelleran Beck, a.k.a. the great Ahmed Best. So stick around. We'll be right back here on Forza. Hey. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J E N I L A N D A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at Jennifer Landa and on TikTok as Jennifer Landa1138. Hey, 
Four Center fans, don't forget Four Center is on YouTube. Head over there to catch up with our new show, Star Wars Show and Tell. Joseph, Jennifer, Ken, and special guests sit down and share favorite items from their own Star Wars memorabilia collections. Plus, there's the In Memoriam video series, encore presentations of Databank Brawl, and special programming all there for you and more shows on the way. It's Four Center on YouTube. Check it out. Welcome back to Four Center, looking at all the news, uh, taking your questions here in a bit. But Joseph, very excited, very excited for this part here. It is our Jedi Temple Challenge review. Sir, are you excited? I am very excited. It's, it's, this was a thrill to watch. I would have watched it anyway, of course, but it was really fun to watch it, knowing that we would get to share our feelings about a children's reality show competition. Uh, Grace is very supportive of my Star Wars obsession and uh, uh, career around talking about it. She's a big Star Wars fan herself, too. But she passed by while I was on the couch. I had the YouTube up on the screen on the TV watching this, and she just said, what are you watching? (laughs) I explained it to her. She was like, okay. And uh, she loves Phantom Menace, loves Jar Jar, loves Ahmed Best. She was like, I I approve, but she kept on with her day. But for for, uh, she's so used to me pausing making notes but here i am watching 10 year olds race around a a uh, a forest on a set <laughs> what, what's happening here that's no, fair um joseph let's uh, dive in uh we're gonna do this every week it's not gonna be uh, super long in depth we're gonna have a lot of fun we just wanted to uh we just really love ahmed best we love the show we love the idea behind it so we wanted to uh give four center uh some of its attention uh, uh give it some of four some four center's attention i'll say it right i failed the grammar challenge in today's game uh <laughs> overall thoughts on the presentation joseph oh I, it was really fun obviously uh it, i liked the pace uh it was very uh uh, the the pace was uh, really fast. It was one of those things of like, oh yeah, oh yeah, things just always get faster. That is the way of things. Uh, but it was it was cut pretty pretty fast uh, mm-hmm. with the kids flying through those challenges, especially that first round. I was really pleased by how Star Wars atmospheric it was. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the wipes and the design of the ship and everything just looked very Star Wars, which was really cool uh, to me. Uh, I would love more uh, Kellerin time. Uh, because I think his general vibe, everything obviously that Ahmed Best said about him, but just his general vibe of like, I'm here, I'm being supportive. I got, you know, I'm a little wry uh, and, you know, have a sense of humor about this as well was really great. Just pitch perfect. And then I I, I have some, not criticisms, but processing my own thoughts. Mm. Uh, but but I'll, I'll save those because uh, I want to hear yeah. your overall reaction. Yeah, overall, man, on board. It, it's weird as fuck. I don't think too much can be put or should be put into supposed to be on disney plus now on star wars kids i think there i was was watching our pal jamie stangroom he was talking about it and he he said it in a way that i just understand like put this on star wars kids get your audience get it for free out there and then hey maybe season two or beyond goes on disney plus and not that you know it's not too cynical talk about the business of it but hey now you got some paying customers right Uh, that, that works but also i think the idea of just putting it out there um for everyone having to have the ability to see it was more important than um, creating content. And and look, Disney Plus has a lot of content. Yes, they need more, but 
there's a lot on there. And I, I, I and you know, Grace and I love the uh, a dog's life with Bill Farmer. Like we're watching a ton of stuff on there. Disney Plus didn't need this yet. Is my thoughts on that. But that aside, I, I just yeah, I loved it. Love the feel. Love the energy. Love the kind of uh, the homemade vibe in a way, meaning like everything looks great. It looks professional, but it does kind of feel like you're hanging out with some friends on the playground and let's do some Jedi challenges. And I like that. Talk about the rye humor. Yeah, there's some great moments. Mary Holland's uh, very fun is 83, but uh, that one moment of, you know, how many times did it take you to uh, go through the Jedi uh, temple challenge? Oh, we, we don't need, we don't need to talk about that. There's fun <laughs> yeah. moments there with Kalorin Beck. So uh, I'm, I want to hear what the, your process and thoughts, Joseph. Yeah, I think it's just something I've been thinking about in general in larger society. Uh, I should not have been even remotely surprised that this was a competition in which uh, people get eliminated. Uh, mm. That shouldn't be surprising. That's that's how games work. Um, and I don't mean this as a criticism of, of people who enjoy any competition, but I've been thinking a lot about... We talk about competition often as a way to challenge yourself. Mm. And I think I think I just find myself wanting to see more things where the conflict is challenging yourself, not about you having to beat someone else to mm. win. Uh, and I think because I've had my head uh, in the Jedi clouds thinking about, you know, how, how do those principles translate to real world? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think that's the. I had a strong reaction at the very beginning when they're interviewing the kids who are great, no criticism, and they're like, we're going to crush the competition. <laughs> <laughs> that, to me, is not, you know, that that's not the Jedi lesson uh, for me. Um, <laughs> competition is obviously, it's a part of life. I'm not judging anyone. I'm in my own uh, headspace. I think I have this, just this desire to recognize that, yeah, we love stories with conflict. Um, a a story about two teams competing is is conflict, right? Mm-hmm. And and it is about you proving something to yourself that you can be the best that you can be. But I just, uh, for myself, feel like sometimes if so much in our entertainment is defined by the only way I can win is by crushing someone else, mm-hmm. what does that do to our worldview when you get into questions of you know why is it sometimes hard for us to have empathy for other people why is it sometimes hard for us to be afraid that if we help this person that we'll somehow lose something and i think for myself i sometimes get concerned that it's because we look at too many things in our culture within the frame of competition i can't win unless you lose Mm. Mm. yeah no i think it's all valid I think that's all um i mean i'm you know i'm a sports guy I grew up playing it and everything so um but even then i under- understand what you're saying on that there and i think they they definitely did they they try they they address the ongoing lessons uh a nice way of eliminating the teams right oh yeah and <laughs> and i the interview i for for all i was i reacted to that more strongly than i thought it's not really a criticism of this show it's not like oh, they yeah, shouldn't no. do this uh, of mm-hmm. course, it is a fast-paced uh, show about kids learning lessons, and we we learn through uh, sometimes not winning, and that's definitely one of the ways that uh, that we learn. And I think the way they handle this in the show, emphasizing on in their little post interviews that what they'd like to do different the next time and how much fun it is 
is great. You know, they don't go into any sort of like, and now let's do a reality show, uh, you know, interview about how happy the team that won <laughs> is that they crushed the other kids. They say it at the beginning. So there is an element of, sure. you know, learning where they can start with like, I'm the most competitive. I'm going to crush the competition. And then in their little exit interviews, as short as they are and as edited as they are, yeah. they are all focusing on what could have I done differently? So I did really like that. And that did feel very Jedi to me. Yeah, and I think we're going to focus on some of those lessons learned uh, in the in the show there. Um, that said, um, looking at the challenges, specifically the uh, the ones in the beginning, Joseph, uh, uh, which one, uh, if we were a team, which where, where, where would we where would we succeed at, and where would we need more training? Did you analyze leap and lift, power pull, saber stability, and swing of strength? I, I would I was sitting here at home uh, eat, eating some cheese and getting mad at leap and lift. <laughs> Yes. Leap and lift felt like, hey, man, some of those kids are shorter than others and they're have they're leaping just as well, but they're just having a hard time getting up there. I would I would yeah. struggle with leap and lift. Even with the trampoline, I can't get a lot of air. So that's where <laughs> I, go. Uh, I could do the probably power pull. Balance could be a challenge for me, too. I might need some help on that swing of strength. Uh, that's, that's, yeah, that's some weight and momentum there. But yeah, if you turn around and you're like, they're like, go, I, I think I'd have to try to challenge myself with leap and lift first, because I do have a trampoline in my home gym right here. And, uh, I don't jump high on it. <laughs> yeah, you're leaping and lifting or you're already in training for Jedi temple challenge. <laughs> that's right. I'm grabbing some fruit, uh, off Grace is gonna be like, why are you hanging space fruit from the garage? ceiling i'm training honey i'm training <laughs> challenge uh we are gonna this is just this week we're gonna spend a little bit longer up top with the the overall thoughts but uh what are your favorite moments characters humors you mentioned some of them uh i'll say one here i loved i want this to be official star wars canon with uh what is it uh, the kid tommy and the purple <laughs> team yells ideas mio this is heaven <laughs> i'm putting that in star wars is one of my favorite quotes I was I was delighted by that. Uh, later, I think there's one kid. Uh, I think when they're trying to uh, connect the cables in the Jedi Temple, it just kept going. Oh God! Oh God! <laughs> I really loved the honesty. Yeah, uh, and it did like um, at best the the packs are empty. I am controlling the weight of the packs. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, let's take a look, quick look at the episodes here. Episode one, we had Grace and Drake, the blue team, Brayden and Griffin, orange team, Jedi and Tommy, purple. Uh, and they talked about the game representing Jedi attributes, strength, knowledge, and bravery. Uh, yeah, that pretty much sums up Jedi uh, training there, right, Joseph? <laughs> yeah. Uh, just one one quick thing I wanted to throw out about uh, favorite moments. Uh, mm. I really loved uh, uh, the Keller and Beck line of use the force of your core. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I believe the the same kid who had the heavy pack was trying to stand up. I thought that was excellent. I love that. Uh, um, to see some outtakes. Yeah. Oh man, I bet there's lots of. Yeah, that was, it was just pitch perfect, and you saw the sparkle in Keller and Beck Ahmed Best's eye of like, yep, we're, we're committed. We're this is in the world of the Force and Star Wars, um, but but we're having fun. So I love that. Um, always fart jokes in Star Wars too. It's, yeah. it's, it's just it's just a part of things. It is. It is. It is. Uh, so yeah, the 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 game representing strength, knowledge, and bravery. I thought that's great. That's a great way to focus on just like core values of Star Wars and core values of our society, and and mm. definitely map well with the Jedi. 
It does. Uh, Janai and Tommy, the uh, purple team, had to leave for more training. First, a teamwork was their advice to Padawan. So, what, do we have any great examples of Jedi teamwork in Star Wars? In any of these stories, the, there's a lot of Jedi. You know, they have to work master and apprentice. But can you think of teamwork examples in Star Wars? Yeah, the 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 two that popped to my mind is when uh, Obi Wan and Mace Windu uh, go back to back in the Geonosis arena, so they can protect each other. You know. Right. That's that's not anybody barking in order. It's just them both being intuitively working together. Uh, the Clone Wars movie, uh, since I've been rewatching that, uh, I really like that Anakin and Ahsoka go to shut down the shield gener- generator, go to do the big action. And Obi-Wan's like, I can stall. That's more my thing. Right. <laughs> uh, so that's a great uh, moment of uh, Jedi teamwork of you like smashing things. I like stalling. So let's both play to our strengths. Absolutely. There's just in, in, in Dooku Jedi Lost, even though it's a start of a Jedi Lost, there's a lot of Jedi teamwork like uh, in the training process there that uh, made me think of this uh, show. Uh, I also love the, uh, um, uh, I was thinking of uh, Ahsoka, uh, Anakin, and, and teaming up with the even, uh, even Pill to rescue him. And get him out of there. Uh, that didn't go well for him, maybe. But um, uh, and, and uh, I thought uh, there there was a bunch of people showing great examples of Jedi teamwork under duress there. So <laughs> yes, uh, you'll have more there. Grace and Drake were next. They had to leave uh, after the frog dog story, which I loved. The knowledge challenge. Their lesson was communication with your fellow Jedi. Uh, what could a, what could the Jedi Order have learned from this challenge? I've kept thinking of the prequels to this one. Like oh with, yeah yeah. If they Absolutely. could all sit down and talk with each other, the Jedi might have righted their ship. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, can I just say, I really love this story. That might have been, and mm-hmm. this whole second challenge of, um, I, the physical stuff uh, makes sense. That's great. But I, I going into this, I wanted, without it getting too heavy, because it is obviously a, a children's uh, competition show, something that did get to the intellectual side of being a Jedi and the character building side of being a Jedi. And yeah, it's character building to keep, keep striving to attain something physically and to keep going when you're tired. Absolutely character building. But I just really love that. It's such a mental exercise of listen to a story and really pay attention. Um, Mm. And then work together and, and cooperate as they uh, as they learn from this lesson. And I thought the story, both stories were actually great. Uh, you know, yeah. watching watching as an adult, also thinking how I would have seen this as a kid, I would have been looking forward to the story every week. So I wanted mm. to shout out the story. Um, to your actual uh, question, I think the Jedi could have learned from this challenge of, uh, you know, humility uh, of asking others for their insight. The Jedi in the prequels, they they talk a lot about like Yoda and Mace are like, we don't know what's going on. That that is worrisome. Let's meditate. Like, why don't you go ask some other people's <laughs> opinions instead of just asking the forces opinion? Yeah, that's what I like. They could have solved some problems there. The bravery challenge in the Jedi Temple includes this great little addition here, the temptation of the dark side. Sam Witwer comes in with his voice, providing a quicker, easier path. Um, and then, uh, but they they do warn there could be problems if you take that ahead. Uh, what's the balance there? This kid Brayden, who I love, Brayden. Brayden reminded me of me in in uh, elementary school. He has he has his friend Griffin, who's got kind of like the cooler hair and kind of uh, he doesn't have the glasses. But there's Brayden. That's me, just kind of like solving problems in the background, just kind of uh, you know uh, hanging there, but having the insight 
he says, do not go with the dark side uh, because you don't want to make the next challenge harder. Pretty simple. <laughs> Pretty simple. And I, I, I learned from that. Did you learn from that? I think we all can learn from that. Absolutely. It's a great way without getting like too scary to uh, to talk about the slippery slope of the dark side. It's a great way to say, you know, no, it's it's not more powerful. It's quicker, easier, uh, more seductive, quicker to join you in a fight or a children's reality competition. But yeah. it's not actually going to get you what you want. It just mm. looks faster and easier. Sounds cool. All right. Yeah. Um, uh, Brayden and Griffin were able to become Jedi Knights, revealing, I didn't know this. I don't know if you knew this, Joseph, but revealing Frank Oz voicing Yoda. Maybe I missed that, but I thought that was really great. I was so amazed by that. Cause like, damn good Yoda voice. And then the credits, Frank Oz. And one of the most entertaining parts of this whole thing for me, uh, spoiler, it didn't happen in the second episode, but I want to know if he just recorded the winner's names. <laughs> yes. or if he's recorded the name of every what 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 is this what generation are we on gen z zoomers uh <laughs> i just love the idea of frank oz going into a recording studio and having to be like brayton griffin <laughs> toby <laughs> i had that thought too that's great please please let me let i want him to have named like let read the mm-hmm. entire like popular baby name registry Yep. That's from the year 2010. Yeah, you know, doing a video game. I, I do my baseball MLB the show. It's like uh, the, that those announcers had to go in there and, and record Ted, <laughs> M- Carter, M- McGonaghy, <laughs> McGoo. Like, <laughs> I just have to go to. So I, I, I don't know the story of, of Frank. Spencer, Kayla. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, I don't know the story of him getting involved, but, you know, I know him and Ahmed have been working together on Ahmed's uh, one-man show, right? Frank Oz was going to direct it, I believe. So I wonder if if there was uh, Ahmed kind of picking up the phone and being like, man, you got to come do this, man. It'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. The the authenticity is amazing. Yeah. And uh, like you, I was like, ooh, they got Tom Kane. No, they got Frank Oz. Oh, my God. Uh, on to episode two, a couple uh, thoughts over there. We got Zakai and uh, Sienna. They're the purple team. Paige and Peyton, twin sisters, Blue, Addison and Bryson, Orange. Uh, Paige, and Peyton had, uh, Paige and Peyton had to leave first. And uh, they had a little, uh, like we talked about up top, little trouble on that leap and lift because they were 10. They were tinier, you know, so it's, it's a little unfair there. Uh, Peyton talked about finding joy in the challenge, despite how hard it proved to be. That's pretty big, Joseph. How difficult it was us for us to find joy in the hard journeys. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, th- I think that was, uh, that was great. And, and I, I liked, um, I, I, I liked just, there, there was, uh, an, an element of, uh, of comedy to that in, in a good way to me that having a, a sense of humor about uh difficulties and i i really really like that and it's it was one of the things the, the, it was the second episode that started with <laughs> lots of crushing the competition talk uh yeah. and then having all of these exit interviews be uh so positive and insightful was great uh, we go to the story around in this one. I, I think, I don't know. Zimmerin, I wrote down Zimmerin, Zimmerin. I don't know how to spell it. It's the one-legged uh, creatures who feed off negative energy and create arguments. Uh, I call that uh, social media. Um, but um, <laughs> the orange team had to leave, but Addison talked about knowing uh, they gave their best efforts. I want to come back to that though. I wanted to go to the story though. Um, uh, we got a Jackson and <laughs> Jackson cameo. Yeah, that's right. These are I, I saw on social media. These are being written by Kevin Scott, and uh, and Kevin Scott's a big old uh, Jackson fan. 
That makes sense. I saw I saw his name in the credits. Okay, there you go. Um, so, but as we talked about knowing that they gave their best effort, and so I was wondering, how does this align with do or do not for us? Try and do or do not. It can sometimes seem to be in conflict. I don't know if they are, Joseph. Yeah, no, this is one of the the things that like, yep, hey, I'm just watching uh, the kids reality competition, but it does tip into uh, big Star Wars ideas. I feel like for me, the do or do not, there is no try is wisdom that I take to mean that nothing is possible if you don't believe it is possible when you begin, right? If you decide ahead of time that it is likely you can't do it, it is going to interfere with your ability to do it. It's going to make your ability to do it impossible if you are starting with doubt. Um, because obviously, in, in in the real world and in Star Wars, many times people try things, they do their best, and it doesn't work out. Uh, for example, Yoda versus Sidious. <laughs> he tried. Uh, he believed he could at the beginning. He tried, and he failed. Uh, and for me, in like the big picture of Star Wars, not not to go uh, uh, super deep with this, it's one of one of the connection points I really appreciate in the Last Jedi because I take Yoda's conversation with Luke to say, but also pass on failure and folly, and we yeah. we can learn from our failures, and not everything has to be about succeeding all the time. In mm. in saying to Luke, you know, uh, that's the fate of masters. Uh, our students are, you know, grow beyond us. I think he means himself too. And I sometimes wonder if it's an acknowledgement of like, yeah, no. I mean, sometimes you do try and fail, and you need to learn from that as well. Yeah, uh, the the idea of do or do not might have been misinterpreted for generations, you know, is <laughs> uh, almost taken into what you're say, saying up top, uh, pass or fail. Right. And again, there's great lessons in failure, but I think it's the follow up uh, with Luke. I, I don't believe that well, that is why you fail. And that kind of connects to, you know, uh, it's not so much do or do not, but just yeah, believe in yourself and take that path and don't just try it just do it. Just do it. And we'll see that where that takes you. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important that from Yoda's perspective of his knowledge of the Force, his knowledge of the uh, the powers of the Skywalker clan, Luke could do that if he believed in himself, you know, which I think is different than, you know, going out and, and doing your best to do the leap and lift and truly trying as hard as you can and running into some obstacles, literally. Yeah. Yeah, so all that from a little game there. Final stuff here. Zakai made the decision to use the dark side. And I actually really love this. Um, their communication broke down and the dark side drowned out the light. Literally the next challenge. I think that is well-crafted. This costs them the trial. What lesson did we take from this? And then just outside of this big theme discussion, did you enjoy that someone was like, yeah, no, we need, we need, to, <laughs> we need to use this. I was so happy about that because you watched the first episode and you feel like, how a how much these sets are so nice how much are they gonna you know change up the challenges and mm -hmm. is it gonna be that every kid who's doing this is so like no i want to be a jedi i know the dark side is bad i would never do that there's a part of me when i watched the first episode is like eh, it's gonna be a while before a kid nope okay went to hey, the yeah. dark side second episode nice nice uh <laughs> and i like that when she's like the dark side's really annoying. It just wouldn't shut up. Yes. No, I, I started to make my note as I'm watching it live the first time. I'm like, oh, we're going to come back to that. She just said something pretty 
and, and it, it is pretty deep there. You know, the, 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 the dark sides in your face, whispering, whispering temptation, do it, do it, do it. And then, the, then she took it. I was like, you know what? I, I'm not, don't want to sound like Colin Trevorrow and necessary rage over in the corner there, but uh, Hey, you know, uh, it was strategically, it might've worked out. So, Hey. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, but it did, it did seem like it was a communication breakdown, uh, yeah. you know, and, and I really, really like that part of the design too, because I think it does get into that. It's a really good, simple way to say, eh, do, do you want the temptation of the fast way? Mm-hmm. And you must uh, communicate with each other, even when you can't, uh, literally cannot see the other side or see the person you're talking to, you got to find a way to make it happen. So deep lessons in the game, Yoda says they're Always will there be trials, is what Yoda said. And I thought that was a good lesson in this overall, the second game here. Um, any final thoughts, Joseph, on episode two or the Jedi Temple Challenge? Yeah, no, I really, really enjoyed it uh, because, like I said, I think it is just you can absolutely just watch it as a fun adventure and enjoy the personalities, kids having such a great time. But you can dive into these lessons. And, and honestly, if you want to apply them, it's helpful. It was It was helpful to me to mm-hmm. see this dark side moment and her interview afterwards where she basically said uh, what I had in mind when I picked the dark side is I didn't think we'd be able to communicate. So she's kind of giving into that fear mm-hmm. uh, and saying, and I really wanted those robes and sabers that we would win. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it's like totally, totally relatable, right? To just say, yep. I'm so focused just on, this thing I need, this thing I want, I don't trust that I'm on the right path, so I'll rush something or tap, tap into anger to try to just get over there to the thing I need. And, like, I wrestle with that every day. And it was great to see in a, in a kid's show uh, somebody wrestling with those exact things. It Absolutely. A lot of stuff there. Um, you know, hey, the kids will lead us. We'll start learning the big lessons from them now. Uh, like I said, we're going to take a look at uh, the other eight remaining episodes in season one. It won't, won't be a super long look. We'll have some fun with it. Uh, we just want to get our overall thoughts for this one here. And again, I'm just so excited to see Ahmed Best front and center. Keller Ann Beck, I want more and, and other content. And, you know, I think I think we're going to get it. Down, I just feel it. I just feel it. I think a lot yeah. of people are behind Ahmed. Yeah, right. I yeah, I think so too. Yeah, uh, sorry, sorry, stepping on you there. Uh, yeah. Every it's, it happens every so often. Recording in another uh, galaxy. Uh, you know. <laughs> All right. Uh, from there, there, Joseph, we're going to go to our audience questions. That is right. Uh, first up from Twitter, we have a question from Nick Field. This question came in a while ago, and it dovetails into news that we just got today. Uh, Nick asks, "Have you heard any rumors?" about Celebration taking place online this year, which has become extra relevant because Celebration is officially canceled for 2020. The next one's going to be 2022. So we we can talk about that a little bit, but just first to Nick's question, Ken, have you heard any rumors about Celebration being online? I have not. I have not. And I know there's other panels. I don't, San Diego Comic-Con might be doing something like that. I, I just uh, participated in one recently where I got to uh, moderate a, a, a little panel with uh, Kevin Shinnick, author of The Force Collector. It was a great conversation, and that was on mainframe Comic-Con all online. And I hadn't, I hadn't watched any online panels yet until this, until I participated in this. And and it went pretty smooth. It's definitely not the same thing. You know, you're not getting sunburned and your feet don't hurt. Um, but it's 
it's more possible now than ever to make it work with all the technology. Uh, but I haven't heard anything related to Star Wars Celebration. Yeah, I haven't heard anything either. I've been seeing the announcements about the San Diego Comic-Con doing a big online thing. Um, and having had the experience of watching Celebration online, I mean, it's different because you're, you're watching uh, from home, but you're obviously watching a panel full of, you know, hundreds, uh, if not thousands of uh, applauding, screaming fans. So it isn't the same thing. But I feel like they have some announcements and publicities uh, publicity uh, things that really fit that cycle. So I'm wondering if there will be some sort of, uh, if not a whole celebration, hey, we're going to do an online event mm. uh, to announce things or share things, or if it's just going to be the, uh, yeah, you wake up one morning and here it is. I, I Yeah, I, I hope... I hope they do that. I hope they choose that option versus not waking up and uh, there's a news dump, but having some fun. Yeah. yeah. Now more than ever, it's possible. Yeah. Um, Let me run these predictions by you and, and see what you think. Um, <laughs> so I think that that's the celebration would have been a trailer for Mandalorian season two. Okay. And I think it would have been the announcement of another animated series, whatever is next. Yeah. I don't disagree with that at all. Um, I think it'd be too soon. If there's any spinoffs from Mando 2, I think you'd need to, I think you'd probably want to wait to the season is done uh, or at least going on. So yeah, I'll just stick with the trailer for Mando 2 animated show. I don't, an outside shot there just would have been and come back next year for this movie, but nothing much on it. Just it's Taika Waititi or this, that, but I think that's a long, that would have been a long shot for me. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want some of those? Do you do you for yourself as a fan want some sort of event to hype up something like that? Would you want like an online panel of uh, Filoni and Favreau sitting uh, six feet apart, <laughs> and then the Mando season two trailer, or do you just want a you wake up in the morning and bam, there's a Mando season two trailer? I I think because of you know because it's around celebration and what we don't get to experience now live in person, I, I'd be I'd be for that. You know, sitting there on a Saturday morning, uh, you know, me and my Han Solo pants and bathrobe here and you and your Jedi <laughs> robe there and and watching. I think I think it would be I think it would be very appreciated by the Star Wars fan base right now. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Any other thoughts before we move on? No, I mean, I know coming back in 2022 in Anaheim, I'm sure some of that has to do with what was available, but also next year's D23. So you'll get some Star Wars stuff um, there as well. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's disappointing. It is the it's the world we live in now. Um, as the time of this recording, uh, I'm a big baseball fan, and it's looking less and less like I'm going to have Major League Baseball this season. That's just that's just what it is. That's just what it is. Yep. Yep, uh, only so much uh, one can do to hurry up uh, the whole virus condition thing. Uh, so we move on to our next question from Jeremiah Allen. Jeremiah says, how are the indigenous Tauntauns more susceptible to the cold on Hoth than the humans? <laughs> We're going to get our answer in from a certain point of view. <laughs> Thank you. Right? Um, this is a great question, Jeremiah. Joseph, this one kind of I got caught with my uh, Han Solo pants down. I don't know. <laughs> with the red stripe. Uh, you know, here's the <laughs> dumb thing. Uh, I was Googling Tauntauns uh, to verify their uh, the number of their nostrils, mm. which is a normal thing that humans do. Uh, and, uh, I, and I read on Wikipedia 
that uh, I, I don't remember which level of canon and when and or what book this came from. Uh, but it, it was a good answer, I thought, that uh, Tauntauns, left to their own devices, uh, find uh, shelter and burrow in at night. And mm. it's the cold at night, and we learn that right in the movie, that the temperature is dropping, that is too much for a Tauntaun. So Han bustles up in all his coats, and then he, he takes the poor Tauntaun out in a, at a time when the Tauntaun would normally uh, be sheltering. Yeah. No, that's a well-researched answer. And I actually think you, you just spoiled the story from, from a certain point of view. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, 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 Hey, look, uh, an animal might be of that, of that world, but the animal's smart enough to know <laughs> I shouldn't be out here right now. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, we might get a story from the, from the perspective of, of that Tauntaun. <laughs> Okay, I've, had, I, I've never wanted to toot my own work there, but uh, we did the we did that in memoriam for Han Solo's Tauntaun. Me and uh, Kevin put that together, and uh, I just uh, I think he's a hero. I think he's a hero of the rebellion. He gave his life to save uh, Luke, and uh, I want I'll, I'll take that story. He did, he did. Can you imagine if we get in inside the head of that Tauntaun and he hears Han Solo say, "Well, I'll see you in hell." <laughs> Poor Tauntaun's like, "Oh no." Hey, oh, I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want this. Uh, great questions from yeah. Twitter. We're going to move on to our Patreon questions. We have one from Tim Langle. Uh, Tim says, with publishing once again moving into a central role and audio dramas looking as though they are here for the long haul, what do you hope to see from the publishing creatives as we enter the new phase of Star Wars storytelling? Mm. I mean, you know, this obviously going to be a lot of focus on High Republic um, and so, you know, I, I, I don't, but I don't necessarily think it's all hands on deck. I think that would, that wouldn't be as fun if that's, you know, the next few years, I want some other stories. So I, I, I want to see some, um, I want to see some of those guts. I'm not saying we're going to get what happened to Ray Sloan in a book. Uh, we're going to get, uh, Luke and Laura Sintek on that journey, but stuff like that, if not that big stuff, I, I'd be game for it. I think a lot of fans would, but that's where I kind of want to go for the long haul. Like, let's not be afraid to get it, get in there and give some of those answers that aren't going to be on screen. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of like just uh, juicy bits of canon I would like filled in someday. And we talk about that a lot with what could an animated show be. And I'm all for the books. I absolutely love the books. Uh, but if there's going to be a real focus on High Republic in the books and Alphabet Squadron is going to continue for a while. And we got a new Thrawn trilogy coming what I find myself getting really excited about is more audio adventures. And, and you know, Dooku Jedi Lost really straddles that line between being a book and, and an audio adventure since, you know, there isn't prose. It's all characters, voices, and sound effects. Um, so I get excited for just what kind of fun, random adventures. You know, what's just a Qui-Gon adventure that he had? Or pick any of your favorite, you know, Jedi from the prequels and can we get a Terra Sanube adventure? I mean, that one's maybe not as much a young Terra Sanube, but I mean, more popular ones like Kiati Mundi, you know, could we just get a Kiati Mundi uh, adventure or, you know, characters from the books or the comics that are pos uh, popular, just spinning off and having just a one-off adventure in audio form is really exciting to me. Yeah. I like that idea too, especially feeling like, I know the Kiati Mundi one doesn't have to provide big, big answers. It can just be what it is, an adventure um, with that character. And I, I like that idea. And it worked, that works for me a little bit better with the audio dramas. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I think a, a part of it is like, yeah, I, I definitely want the big canon answers, you know, and getting that section of Dooku's life and learning more about Sifo Diaz. Like, that's juicy stuff that ties to the central story. But I think, you know, that's to me part of what, what the, the great uh, part of Mandalorian is, is showing just an individual, just having an adventure that challenges them as a person, uh, a sentient being, because that's who they are. I want more adventures like that. So we get more excited about those kind of adventures, you know, improving in a one-off audio that Yeti Mundi could be, have a fascinating adventure when we really get to know him as a character would be awesome. On board for that. Excellent. Moving on to Jeremy Klein. Jeremy says, one of my favorite storylines from The Rise of Skywalker was Janna and her platoon of stormtroopers tapping into the Force and rising up against the First Order, despite none of them being Force-sensitive, as far as we know. I found this to be a wonderful reflection of democratization of the Force in continuation of Luke's acknowledgement that the Force belongs to everyone. How do you guys think this compares to the ideas and themes in The Last Jedi and the rest of the Star Wars universe? This is, this is big. This is really big, Joseph. A great question from Jeremy. I'll, I always say, here's where my mind goes naturally. To me, yeah, it's in line uh, or compares because I go back to Jan Dodonna telling a bunch of X-Wing pilots, may the force be with you. And as a kid growing up thinking, yeah, they got the force too. It's quote unquote on their side, right? Now we, we learn a little bit more. I like, um, you know, George Lucas is, uh, I'm paraphrasing how he describes it, but like, hey, the force is available to everyone, but other people just are more open to it and they're trained more. It's like being we all can shoot a basketball some better than others right that kind of concept whatever it might be um so i think just on that level it works for me it does connect to that and how i i just uh we our favorite one of our favorite qui-gon quotes i bring up all the time now i go to the light because it's there like for them to feel it to have that feeling to go towards it and to have it guide them to have it inspire them to inspire confidence in them that they're making the right decision to fight all those things are real powerful to me yeah, yeah, and the, another part of that Qui-Gon quote of, like, I'm not trying to win some cosmic game, you know? Um, and, and I love that spirit that it is about uh, just what feels right. Like, obviously, we see uh, moments in Star Wars where a conflict must be won in order for uh, the light side to prevail, uh, but I like that idea uh, of sometimes that battle is just what feels right. And to me, that gets to... Um, when you're talking about, you know, these different ideas of who has, quote unquote, has the force and who is it available to and democratization, I really like the idea that, yeah, our, our, a lot of our heroes can tap into the force and they can uh, manipulate it and they can be guided by it. But the force exists for everyone. It is um, it is present for everyone. So even if you could never train up enough to, you know, lift a rock or, you know, pull a Star Destroyer out of the sky or that kind of thing, that you are still, every character in Star Wars is waging the battle against the dark side, right? Um, and I think that's what's really powerful to me about Finn and Janna and Company 77 uh, as she relays that story is it's, it's just a victory against the dark side, right? They just, in that moment, they just feel this is wrong. This yeah. is just violence and anger and, and hatred and and I don't want that and to me that's being a part of the force is every character uh, having those dark side light side moments of choice yeah moments of choice those battles and there's something 
I don't know, more pure about the idea. Maybe this kind of what Luke was talking about. Like, I feel it. I have a feeling I'm going to f- enter this battle against the dark side, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to claim I own the light or claim I'm going to put on a robe and a saber. I'm not saying I, I think we need Jedi. I do think we need Jedi, but it, I, I'm going to Luke's frustration. Just like, who, who are you to formalize that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To be the, the guardians of the light is yeah. a slippery slope into being the sort of possessors of the light. Uh, and I think that's what's great in Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker. They both do have these great moments of uh, democratization. Um, and, and to Jeremy's question in particular about how those ideas and, and themes in Last Jedi resonate with Janna's story, I feel like Last Jedi does such a great job of making uh the story about sparks of hope of that's you know the dark side's gonna win if unless these sparks of light go out and i like seeing uh janna and company 77 is one of those those many sparks of light um that help to uh eventually light the whole flame that burns the first order down Ooh, ooh that's a good way that's a good way to end it oh yeah well said our new teacher <laughs> not yet available not yet available okay well those were our questions uh from jeremy tim jeremiah and nick thank you for the great questions we still have a bunch of great questions from the last time we asked on patreon and on twitter so we will be getting to even more of those ken are we gonna wrap up we're going to wrap up. Thank you to Jeremy, Tim, Jeremiah, and Nick for your questions. If you have uh, questions about this episode or want to join the conversation, uh, you can do so by going to Twitter at Force Center Pod. Use hashtag Force Center. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We're on Instagram as well. Podcasts available on Anchor, iHeart Radio, Radio Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Podcast Stitcher. Tune in and more. Uh, go to tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center for merch and support us at patreon.com slash Force Center. Uh, we just recently got new music on Star Wars Rank from the great Tony Thaxton, who uh, does the themes here. Uh, he is awesome as well. He has a, a Patreon uh, for his uh, podcast, Two Bizarre Albums. Check that out. Um, that is almost it for this week. We got our own stuff we're working on uh, and uh, things uh, we're doing on those sites as well, Joseph. Yeah, that's right. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at, at Joseph Scrimshaw, and you can check out my website, josephscrimshaw.com, that has links to comedy albums and my podcast and all sorts of other things. And uh, I also do just want to take a, a second uh, because this is long, long-time listeners know that I like to be real sensitive about how I talk about things. And uh, I want to be clear that I'm not criticizing anybody who, who likes sports when I talk about competition uh like i said this is just something that i've been thinking about a lot uh because i just want to see as much empathy in the world as possible and that's really where my head is at is how are different ways that we can increase empathy and increase a sense of we're always trying to be our best selves and us being our best selves will also lift other people up to be their best selves that's where my mind is at i'm not criticizing anybody who likes competition or sports or sees value in it yeah, no, I well, well said. I mean, in this day and age, clarifications are always helpful. But as someone who's spent his whole life uh, watching sports, uh, I hear what you're saying, and uh, don't think you're wrong. <laughs> A lot of things Good. there. Um, so that's that. Um, and then Joseph, too. I'll, I'll, so you can go to kennapsuck.com to find uh, all the things I'm doing. I'm, I'm definitely less active on social media these days. Something that's been on my mind for a few months now. Finally pulled the, the trigger on some, some tactics. And I'll tell you what, lowered my screen time by 70% this past week and, and found myself pretty productive. Um, 
so uh, go to my website is what I'm trying to say to find more <laughs> directly. And on that, and this leads into something we want to do before we close the show here, Joseph, uh, I'll start with this one here. You can go to my charity spotlight tab on my website. And the first one up there right now is something called Maddie's Pride Project. It is right now June Pride Month, but this will be ongoing. And Maddie's Pride Project is something uh, from uh, my cousin, uh, Michelle, and her daughter, Maddie, uh, from um, my cousin's business, Vegas 3D Kids. Uh, she makes originally uh, uh, handcrafted uh, 3D theme park pride ears. Uh, she makes a lot of other things, but this is the 3D Park Pride Ears, and $10 of every purchase directly supports the Trevor Project, so I am uh, not only fully behind that because they're family, but fully behind it for just life in general, and you can go find uh, links to all of that uh, on my website at kenapsack.com in the charity tab. And Joseph, I know uh, you got something too as well. Yeah, yeah. There is a GoFundMe for a bookstore in the Twin Cities, uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul, where I'm uh, from originally. Uh, the bookstore is called Uncle Hugo's and Uncle Edgar's. Uh, the front is science fiction, and uh, that's Uncle Hugo's. And then in the back, Uncle Edgar's mystery uh, bookstore. Uh, the last time I visited there, I got two copies of Rusty Miller's uh, Jedi Master Quiz Book, one for myself and one for Ken. Uh, mm-hmm. Sadly, that uh, store was destroyed, and there is a GoFundMe uh, to rebuild the store. So I wanted to give a shout out to that. If you're uh, from Minneapolis or if you're interested in helping a really great, uh, really long-term used bookstore, a place that really, really um, helped me become the uh, the nerd I am today, uh, you can go to GoFundMe.com and Google Uncle Hugo's to help them out. Do it, do it, do it. And uh, that is it for this week. Uh, the main show, uh, part two, goes on Thursday, and we are doing our deep dive. Joseph, you, you suggested this one, and it's so of the time. It's been on our to-do list for a while. We are going to take a journey with Jar Jar this Thursday here on 4Center. Excited to do that. Oh, man, Joseph, we're going we're gonna to go right to the heart of Jar Jar Banks, aren't we? <laughs> That's right. So uh, we'll see you then. Thanks for listening now uh, to our news and a tidbits show and our Jedi Challenge Temple review. We'll see you next time on Force Center. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.